Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. 11 after 10 o'clock, Brian Hirsch has just walked into studio. Uh, to one of our listeners in the WhatsApp notes, unfortunately, I don't have millions to give you to write uh, my authorized, unauthorized biography. Which one is it? How do we? Okay. Let me, <laughs> Let me leave it alone. Let me leave it alone. Brian Hirsch. You absolutely deserve a biography. Good morning. Good morning to you, Kathy. Nice to have you. Nice to see you back in the studio. We're together. I know. I'm not we alone. We haven't seen each other For in weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Good to a- a- am I allowed to write your biography? Sure, you can write my okay. biography. Okay. How much are you going to pay me? Nothing. No. No, it's, it's going to be a bestseller. It's going to be a bestseller. And no, but I need to be incentivized to put in the work no, now. No, but you'll, be, you'll participate in the profits. No, I'm, I'm, it'll, it'll be global. I'm thinking beyond my job, as the opening uh, clip said to us this morning, we must think beyond our jobs and what we do beyond the work that we have now. I think writing your biography is my next gig, uh, but I need a commitment from you. At least 12, is, 12 bar is... Is, is the standard. I need at least above that. Kathy, you could never write anything about me because I'm not going to tell you about my youth. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything about my youth. All right, Brian. Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm seeing you today. A little more uh, gloom has fallen upon us in terms of where we are financially. And we're dealing now with the increase in the interest rates. And, you know, we, we say it a lot, but the reality, and you're a numbers guy, so, so you can see it in the numbers. The reality is life is just getting so much harder. You have increase in interest rates. You have increase in just tariffs for electricity water. I mean, the other day I was recharging my electricity. Um, but I'm surprised at how quickly one goes through, let's say, um, a voucher of, of a thousand rand now. It's like, it, it's like nothing, you know. Um, and the value of, of, of the money that we're spending on, on services seems to just... It's so much less than than what we're getting before. You 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 you, you're usually an optimistic and and a glass half full kind of guy. Give 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 me some hope, Brian. Look, interest rates will come to an end. The higher interest rates, it's a question of getting through it, getting paying the extra costs. I was just saying to you when we came on air that someone with a million rand bond was paying seven thousand seven hundred fifteen months ago and is now paying 11,200, 3,500 for that million rand. You've got a 500,000 rand motor car finance, you're also paying a few thousand rand more, and salaries aren't going up. I was saying last night on television that, remember, even if Eskim employees get a slightly higher increase than what they're looking for, first thing that comes out of your increase is something goes to your pension fund because it's based on your salary. And a small portion goes to your pension fund. And if you're earning at those levels, even above the 15,000 rand a mark, the next little bit goes to tax. So by the time you've got extra money in your pocket, is somewhere in the order of 3 to 4%. And with the cost of goods and the cost of living, the cost of transport, the cost of food, individuals are not coming out. Now, we are referring to, and I just want to again make sure, we are referring to people who are working, people who are bringing money home 
and are now struggling to make ends meet because their budget does just the income coming in does not is not sufficient to cover their expenses. We're not even talking about the South Africans who we had a very sad conversation three four weeks ago who are not putting bread on the table. Mm. But you are talking about people. Or how how are people affording to pay these bonds? How are people affording to live? How people? How do they afford to educate their children? Mm. And it's and it's not a. It, you talk about. I look gloomy. I mean, I think generally South Africans. We want to be positive. We want to look for anything, any green shoot. But there doesn't appear to be any green shoot from what's happening. You talked about load shedding. You talked about water. Now, I mean, what happened in Hammond's Crawl and what, what's happening elsewhere? You talk about other issues. I mean, people taking advantage, selling water to people who don't have water. And it comes down that there's no control. There's just no control in any department. You know, we talk about the government and Cyril Ramaphosa appointing a new commission to another commission. I don't understand why we can't ever get to an answer. Give people something to think about. Give people something a bit more positive about. We need to find, we need to give people a little bit more positive. It's not only load shedding. Mm. It's the traffic in the morning. It's the traffic in the evening. It's everything because of traffic lights being out. So people generally are feeling down. We have been in situations similar, maybe not the exact, uh, um, exact what's happening now, but South Africans have had some very tough times over, and I, and, and I go back 40, 50 years, there have always been situations, the Sharp will write, we had this Rubicon speech when there was a hope that things would change, we had concerns about when the ANC was unbanned, we had concerns when government, we had the 2008 uh, market crash, we had 2017, so we have been here before. I think South Africa Africans are resilient. I like to say this. We have superb leadership in South Africa, in corporate South Africa. The guys who run these companies, the executives that run these companies, are doing their very best to grow the businesses. And they are doing a great job, despite what's happening. We've now got other problems coming. Metal prices, commodity prices have fallen. Uh, companies are now paying so much more for f fuel and for oil and for generators, and that's coming off their bottom line profit. So I see the next problem coming is there's going to be a major deficit in tax collection, and we may even end up with a twin deficit where we're starting to import more than we're exporting. So we're in this barrel at the moment. And yes, many of us are in a good bubble, but so many South Africans, millions of South Africans are in this barrel. And You've just, I, I don't even have an answer how you pull the belt in, what you do. You can't even sell your property. You know, if you wanted to sell your property, mm. you're going to end up owing the mortgage holder more money than you're going to get for your property. Mm. So mm. it's so difficult for me to sit here in the financial world and say, this is what you've got to do and that's what you've got to do. Each person really has to look at their own situation and just do what they, what, whatever best for them. The Reserve Bank governor described it as taking the pain for now, for, for future gain. You say it's about, you know, going through the cycle and hanging on. How, how long must we hang on by our pinky on this cliff for? As soon as we get some good news, as soon as people get something good about South Africa, something that's happening that makes us feel better. I don't believe, you see, I'm not in that camp where all the economists say you need to raise interest rates because of inflation. You need to protect uh, future increases. You know, 
our, our inflation is pushed on us. It's not as if South Africans are out there spending. You yeah. can see retailing numbers down. South Africans don't have money to spend. So it's not as if we're demanding more goods and paying more price because the price of goods are demanded by supply and demand. And if there's a, a lack of supply, demand is greater. We're not doing that. It's just been pushed on us. New electricity increases, uh, water prices going up, uh, petrol price going up, food going up. So I don't agree. I think... And, you know, and did it protect the rand? I mean, the danger of the rand mm. is we import a lot. We import fuel, we import food. Now, the danger of the rand is very simply that it, that in itself is going to be inflationary. And then what, what about labor demands, demands for higher wages, which is understandable? Because if you give someone a 4 or 5% increase and they come out with 3.5% after their pension and tax, it's not going to make a difference because prices have risen three, four times that amount. So that doesn't help. You know, it, it makes you feel good for the day. It's a, it's, it's a hygiene factor. You've got a bit more money in your, in, in your name, but it's not going to help living. I mean, one really has to do. The only people benefiting now after a long period of time are pensioners because mm. pensioners with money in the bank can get a good rate of return, anything between 8 to 9%. They were getting 3.5% four years ago. So pensioners are, and if you've got a job, I can only say stick to your job. Whatever happens, don't try and change your job. And don't start panicking, particularly in property. You know, if it's costing you more now and you have to increase your bond slightly to hold the property rather than do that, then sell the property because you're not going to get the price for your property. All right. Brian, um, thank you so much for that opening. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll go into our questions. I see some of our listeners uh, have also started putting through additional questions. Uh, remember to get in touch with Brian, 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial. The voice note line, 0614-104-107. It's Question Tuesday because it is the end of the month, so the what we're dealing with uh, for the rest of the hour are your questions for Brian. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlathana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, Brian, let's kick it off with this. Is it better to put money into your bond or put money into a money market account because interest rates are so high? Yeah, look, money market accounts now are providing anything between 8 or 9%. Your bond rate is probably costing you 11%. When you get the 8 or 9% out of your in- income, you pay tax on that. There is an allowance, 23,800. The first 23,000 rand of interest you're not going to pay tax on. If you're under 65 and if you're over 65, 34,500. I personally think put it into your bond because you're going to be paying that high rate and you're not going to be paying tax on the income. However, there's a caveat. Many people have access bonds that they may have had for many years. Mm. Now, we are also governed by the National Credit Act. And the banks, before you put money in, check with your bank that if I put money in on my access bond, in other words, I put money, instead of putting a million rand into my account with my, the bank, I actually put it into the bond and the bond's with the bank. I want to know that if I need that million rand out again, in three or six or nine months, what information are you going to need from me to mm-hmm. allow me to take that money out? Am I still going to have to provide you with all my budgets and my income and all my other uh, liabilities? So be very careful by just automatically saying it is, to answer the question, it's definitely a better place than sitting in a money market account to put it into your bond. Uh, however, 
You want to, the access, you want the accessibility of getting the money out when you need it. Check up on that with your bank and get it in writing because banks change, people come and go, and you want to know that mm. I'm going to put a million rand in. Because remember, both you, you want to eventually pay off your bond, but you also need to have investments to provide you with short, medium, and long-term monies. But certainly in the short term, I would definitely be put, wouldn't be putting money in the bank. I would rather have it in my bond, and I repeat again, as long as I know I can get it out when I need it. Um, let's talk about an access bond. What is that again, Brian? It's an access bond which allow the bank grants you a figure, mm-hmm. and then you can and you, people don't ever take always take up to that figure, but they know they have access to those funds. But is it subject to national credit scrutiny? That's all I'm asking. When you know when you took out the bond, you didn't have a lot of expenses. They gave you a bond. You haven't used it all. All of a sudden, now you've bought a car. Your job may have changed. Mm-hmm. You may have bought a home. You may have more liabilities. Is the bank going to want all that information? Be like re- re- reviewing your right to have that extra money. Check up on that. All right. Let's then talk a, uh, uh, take a look at, at this question, and it's it's around property. Lots of questions around property um, a, a, at this time, I think. If I have a property with a bond and it's rented out, is it a good idea to sell right now? Well, look, other than in some pockets and some places in South Africa, no. It's certainly not a good time. What you want to try and do is you want to try and cover your bond and other expenses out of the rental because then it's neutral. Because really when you're renting out a a, a property, you are obliged to pay tax. You can deduct from that all the expenses attached to that property. But I think it's a terrible time. I mean, I heard the story. I don't believe it, Kathy, but I heard it. A client is trying to sell a property in um, Linden, over the no, in Santon, over the road from the fire station in Santon. The, she tells me she's asking 2.4 million, and she she's listed it with a firm, and they told her she's had 231 hits looking at that property, and not one person has been to see the property. Now I'm I'm I've been in sales all my life. I can't believe. 231 people are looking in that property and not one of them, because they don't know if she'll take 2.2 or 1.9. They don't even know. So I just think property is looking absolutely awful and don't let anyone talk you up that properties are go- prices are going up. People are taking an absolute bath. So to answer your question, if you've got a property and you've got a tenant and the tenant is almost even if it's not fully covering all your expenses, Think it's if you're putting an extra few, few thousand rand in, work out over the next 12 months, I'm going to be out of pocket 30 or 35,000. Mm. If you sell the property, you've got agent's commission. You've got to put money up anyway uh, to fund six months' uh, um, electricity. And really, hopefully, that there'll become some demand in the next 12 months for properties. So hold on to your property. All right. Thanks for that. Um, the next question is somebody who's worried about Satrix as the return he's getting uh, doesn't seem to be very good. Okay, so let me explain to you. There's two ways of investing in any type of investment. The first way is what you call money-weighted, money-weighted and the second is time-weighted. So let me explain to you the difference. Time-weighted means I'm going to put 50,000 Rand today away and what's it going to be in five years' time? So it's got five years to run that investment. Mm. 
money-weighted returns means I'm going to put 5,000 rand away a month for the next five years. So the one is I'm putting a lump sum and giving it five years. The other is I'm going to be putting money in every month, which means if I'm investing for five years a monthly amount, my first month's money will be there for five years. The next month when I make my contribution, it will only be there for 59 months. And when I get to the fourth year, the, the month of, in the 49th month, which is the fourth year in one month, my money is only going to be there for 12 months. So you can't equate money-weighted and time-weighted returns because the one is a lump sum for the five years. The other is less period on every contribution you make. And yes, people who've been making monthly contributions over the last five years haven't done as well as people who've made money up front. So yes, hold on because you're now buying units at a much lower price. So you're buying into investments at prices that are much lower. And ultimately, companies are working towards making profits. Uh, there are a lot of stocks in the different Satrix funds, which are global. And I think that you you mustn't have, you must just carry on putting the monthly money in. Right. But but certainly, money up front is far more valuable than monthly money. Brian, we're going to continue in a moment. 10.30, time for the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Oh, Brian. 19 rand 85 to the dollar. And that's after increasing interest rates last Ooh. week for half a percent. Let, let me make this point. 24 rand 48 to the so, pound. So, so they talk about load shedding. They talk about all these other things. At the moment... The focus on South Africa is very negative. And one of the negative factors is our involvement and our concern about BRICS. And there's nothing wrong with Brazil, India and China. But our commitment to Russia. And that is causing problems. And we don't understand what that can happen. You know, we are part of many countries in Africa who have a trade agreement with America called AGOA. And we get very favorable export rates we don't pay duty on many of those goods going into America. I'm not saying some of those goods America doesn't need. And now in 2025, that treaty is being renewed, reviewed. And as you can see, as this war goes out, now this has nothing to do with us, but as America and the other countries start, start now trying to, looking at other places in the world who are not supporting them, they can easily penalize South Africa going forward and have a major impact on our GO agreement. And if that does, a lot of our exporters will go out of business. And let me also say, so we need to be a little bit more wary, and we're not wary. We're not, we don't understand always the implications of making statements. Mm. I understand we're members of the BRICS, and there are a lot of other countries who want to actually join BRICS, but we also have to be a little bit sensitive to what's going on in the world, and we don't tend to do that. So I don't put, I do not agree with that statement that this money, the RAND is weakening because of the load shedding problem. The load shedding problem's here, it's going to be here. I think this is much more to do with politics and the way the rest of the world is looking at South Africa and taking money out of our bond markets. Because right. although our bond markets are attractive, it's, it's, you, it's one call to get the money out. It's really not a problem. And a lot of people are leaving South Africa and a lot of people are taking money out of South Africa. Hmm. 
Let me go to Northern Ireland. Kosana, you're calling us from Northern Ireland. Yes, Kosana, what are you doing in Northern Ireland? Uh, I found a good job. Let me put it that way. Oh, okay. Good for you. So, so you're enjoying um, the current value that that we're seeing of international currencies. Getting paid in. Yeah. Yeah. Can you understand me? I'm listening. No, I, I'm saying that you're enjoying the value of um, the current international markets and and not getting paid in rands. I was listening to you now. Now, when you say that the, the, the dollar is 20, 19 grand something. 19 rand yeah, 85. Yeah, because I'm using the pound. I'm, you, you're sitting at, at I'm 24 rand 48 to the pound, Skosana. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, what's your question? Uh, how are you, Mr. Bain? I'm fine, thank you. And nice to know that I'm actually being heard in Northern Ireland. Well, the, the, Kathy, we can start thinking about my book. If they know of me in Northern Ireland, where else do they know of me? <laughs> Go ahead with your question. What is yeah, Mr. Bain, I, I don't know if my question will make sense. Uh, let, I'm 45 years of age. And the thing is, I have nothing, nothing on my savings account, but I don't owe a car. I don't owe the owe, owe house. They are all paid off. So my question is, how much can I save for my for my 65 years years of age from now on? Well. Certainly, if you're earning pounds, you've got to pay certain expenses here in South Africa, and you've now got a surplus, and at age 40 to 45 to 65, you've only got 20 years left to save. You've lost out on 20 years of, 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 of needed to save in terms of providing for retirement. So you've got to put away whatever you can. Uh, you've got to work out the following is, how much will I need? Where, where would you, where do you, where, how long do you think you're going to be overseas for? Let me put it this way, because you can see the situation in South Africa. I think I'm going to be here for 20 years, if it is possible. Well, if you can stay there and earn your currency, you, then you want to make investments in sterling and dollars. That's what you want to do. That will give you a very good buffer against the rand, because however bad the rand is today, the rand is likely and if it comes back, it's still likely to depreciate by anything between 4 to 5% a year. So over the next 20 years, that rand, you, you may laugh, but that rand in 20 years' time is going to be close to 50 to the dollar. And that works, that works out at approximately, if you take 5%, 5.5% depreciation, you'll find that a rand today at 20 is probably likely to be 50. So if you have foreign currency invested overseas, you can invest it in what's called exchange-traded funds. Talk to your bank. Talk to someone, you know, talk to someone who's in the financial world, in that part of the world, and start investing. Put money away every month, whatever you can put away. You're putting in an 
still a hard currency. You're talking 20 years' time, so you can afford growth. You want growth. You're not looking for income, which means you do need to take on some risk. There's nothing wrong with taking on risk because every month you contribute. If, if the markets may be up or down, but if it's down, you're buying more units. And over a 20-year time, you will do exceptionally well. You will probably do in a foreign currency somewhere in the order of 6 to 7% plus whatever the RAND depreciates. So I think you're probably geared over a 20-year period to do something around about 11 to 12% in, in, in something that's not, that's, that's not dangerous. It's not corporate risk. It is market risk, but that's what you should be doing. Uh, and and obviously, what saving as much as you can. However, you've obviously got your expenses here, and you've got to cover those expenses and obviously the expenses where you're living. So I hope that helps you. What I then want, my last question is this, Mr. Brian. Let me say, I have a bank account on this side, and then I still have with my SNB account in South Africa. Is it possible to to swap the money around? Because the bank will never ever tell you about you can swap the money around. Because I don't know if they want to to keep poor people down. Is it possible? When you mean swap around, just explain that. Let me say, the rent is strong. Then I take the funds that I have on my FND account, I buy the pounds. Absolutely. When the rent becomes weaker, then I buy South African rent again. I don't well, know. well, look, it's very, look, some people can do that, but invariably most can't. But you're absolutely right. If you're going to be living there and building up funds, take your rands out of South Africa, put them into a strong currency, whether it be a pound or... See, when you're investing, you're not only investing in pounds, you're investing in companies that are listed in dollars and listed in euro. So you you need to have a a balanced portfolio, an exchange-traded fund. The bank you're with will give you advice on that or talk to a financial advisor in that part of the world. And yes, at some stage when the rand, if the rand recovers, us take your funds out. Although, for me, if I'm thinking 20 years' time, it doesn't matter what the RAND is today. Take the money out, invest it offshore, and keep it there for that period of time. I can assure you, you will do exceptionally well. You'll do better than anything you could have done in South Africa. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Pleasure. When are you coming to fetch the rest of us? No, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Skosana. <laughs> out. All right, Skosana out in, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, he's definitely not taking any visitors. He, he's not going to let us squat with him in Northern Ireland until things get better here at home. Um, Brian, let me go to some of the questions we've been uh, receiving on the WhatsApp line. Of course, I'll take more of your calls. Uh, Janus in Cape Town, I see you. I'll come to you shortly on 86 um, here's a question. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for an excellent program. I'm a pensioner now getting RA. However, my financial advisor still gets an annual percentage. How long will this continue for? I had no contact with my financial advisor for the last eight years. I actually moved to another company. 
Well, if you've got no contact with a financial advisor, have your financial advisor removed from your investment. In terms of phase, your financial advisor is obligated to make contact with you. And if they're still getting funds, just remove it. Just cancel them off. Write to the company and say, I no longer have a financial advisor. I'm not saying that's a good idea or not, because when you talk about investments, who's giving you advice? And that's what financial advisors do. So maybe you, if, you, if, if you've invested in different portfolios, maybe you need to appoint a new financial advisor, pay them half a percent a year to oversee the portfolio. But if you're comfortable where you are, just write to the company and say, I no longer have need for this financial advisor and have him removed and you will save that amount of money. All right. Can you get uh, a retirement annuity without a financial advisor? Yeah, yeah, you can go online and get a retirement annuity. Really? Yeah, but remember, I, I thought that the financial advisor was part and parcel of the package. No. No, it's not okay. part of the package all. But just remember, mm. when you talk about a retirement annuity, you're referring to a room. Yes. I'm buying yes. a room called a retirement annuity. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a room called an endowment. I'm buying a room called a unit trust or Satrix. You've now got a drip feed what you put into that room into an investment. And who's going to give you that advice? Because depending on your circumstances, you may be a younger person who mm-hmm. thinks you should be conservative and I would say you don't need to be conservative if you're looking for retirement. You as a young lady have got many years to go before retirement. You want to be aggressive. So who's giving you that advice? If you think you can do it yourself, do it. But I think that's where a financial advisor. Ah. And, you, and you don't have to pay your financial advisor more than half a percent. You know, you don't have to pay them upfront fees, half percent for them to show you because funds change. You know, they're 1,800 or 2,000 rand funds. How do you choose those funds? Yeah. So that's the role of a financial advisor, not to be a genius, but to evaluate your need. Are you, are, is your portfolio balanced? Is it offshore? I mean, a lot of portfolios today have very little offshore. And we've just been talking to the lady in Northern Ireland. She's absolutely right. You know, if so many people are going to do that and save in a foreign currency and then come back and live in rands, they're going to do exceptionally well. All right. Janusz in Cape Town, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Kitty. Good morning, Brian. Long, Brian, long time we didn't. Yes, Janusz, I missed you. Where have you been? <laughs> Peter, I thank you. Yeah. Kathy, <laughs> Kathy goes off to have babies and you don't phone anymore. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Tiny slime. Uh, Brian, thank you for advising us uh, uh, regarding the, all our saving and where we can invest. That's uh, brilliant. But I've got that, a question about importance of the wheels, where we can have our wheel. And that sometimes there's a problem because uh, like my friend, he, he's got a wheel. Uh, his wife died, but he's got a difficult to get even after two years it's difficult to get this money and there are some sort of problems technical problems will you give us some advice or maybe some listeners also will come to join us how we can avoid it because you know i don't know is it technical with the documentation whatever something like this because it's sometimes is a is a, is is very people lost everything they are waiting they are waiting for this wheel to come and and they cannot get this wheel uh, the money from that Secondly, Brian, I hope you're going to support me with this. Remember Owen Abirt? Just repeat that, remember? Rowena Abirt. Oh, Re- Rowena Abirt. Yes. Yes, yes. Would you, would, you, would you support me with this? And I asked Katie maybe and other people on the top of the radio, SAFM, which is the family radio, to have a one day, or not a one day, 
a short time to remember these people, especially Rowena. And there was another guy who, was, when it was ending, he always says, shop, shop, I don't remember his name. Vuya, Vuya. That's right, that's right. If, if, if this, if, please, SAFM, give us from time to time their voices, or at least once in the year, to remember them. And, uh, and I think it would be... It will be positive for, for, the, for all of us. Okay, right. let, me, Yunish, I, I, let me answer your question, but let me, you'll be interested to know I have lunch with Rowena's sister uh, and I'm having lunch with her next week. So I'll certainly convey your message to us on this air. Yeah, Rowena was on for three years and she was a lovely lady. And I, I must tell you that uh, I, I, I remember I've got a big picture of her in my office. But let me come back to your question. If you have a will that's correctly documented, in other words, you've got an executor, You've got the, the beneficiaries, you know who the beneficiaries are, and there's no contest to the will. Then what normally takes time is to collate all the information that's required. So a, a straightforward will does go, it does take time because you fir- the master is responsible. Remember, you're giving the authority to someone who's going to collect the assets and then distribute the assets to beneficiaries. So you those that role is a trust role, and someone's got to do that correctly. And the master's office is going to check that everything is done according to the will. The master has no discretion, nor does the executor. So I don't understand why you're saying this friend of yours is having problems, because if there's an executor and the executor's been appointed, and they've now collated what they call the liquidation and distribution account, they now know exactly what the assets are. It's very difficult because there's so many things that could have gone wrong, but in a normal, straightforward will, you appoint a beneficiary, even if the wife dies or the husband dies, the, the will would say if either party uh, um, is not around, then the assets will go to children or grandchildren. And if it's going to grandchildren, then the issue is that under the age of 18, there's got to be a, 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 a trust formed in what's called in the testamentary will. So all these things are important. However, all I'm saying to you is that what you need to do is you know, find out from this individual. You can always phone me off air and tell me what is the delay. Uh, because even two years, it may be a delay to get it finalized, but that should not stop the executor having distributed some of the assets to the beneficiaries. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. And Janus, your, 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 your request is, is absolutely noted. I think we commemorated Vuyo uh, the other day, and we need to do that for uh, Rowena as well. Kualo in Cape Town, good morning. Morning, Katie. How are you? Well, thanks, Kualo. Go for it. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't be don't nervous, Kualo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Katie. And Katie, man, um, I, I had a policy in, uh, in the 90s, early in the 90s. Uh, and uh, because of sanctions, and there were maybe uncertainty of those companies. They left uh, South Africa and I was blocked and I couldn't bring it. No. Um, when, when they do, now you've got lived about Kualo, the line yes. to you is not great. Let me do this. I'm going to ask the producers to call you back so we can get you up on a stronger line. And hopefully we'll be able to hear your question more clearly. Uh, let me take a break and then we'll continue with the calls and, of course, uh, the messages that you're sending through for Brian. Conversation.
conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. All right, we continue talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Um, all right, Kuala is going to voicemail now, so uh, there definitely is an issue with his line. Babit saying in the Northern Cape, good morning. Morning. Yes. How are you, Kitty? I'm well, Babit saying. Go for it. All right, it looks like we've lost uh, Babi Singh on the line as well. Not sure what's going on there. Let me go to um, the WhatsApp line, the questions you're putting through there. Hi, Kathy. Please ask Brian. If a property bond is paid off and title deeds are still with the bank, the property owner then intends taking a loan, which is less than 20% of the value of the property. Why does the bank need to register another bond for the loan creating extra costs for the borrower? And that's a question from Freddie. Well, Freddie, if you didn't close your bond, the bank does not need to register a new bond. That's why I always say to individuals, don't close your bond even if you've paid it off. Just leave it open. And then if you need to borrow money, you've got to go back and then the bank may ask questions to see whether you whether you affordability and that you, they've got satisfied themselves that you can repay the bond. So the answer is you shouldn't have to reopen it. And it sounds as if the bond was closed. Always one reminder, if you've paid off your bond, just make sure the fire insurance is still in place because the bank has no longer any deemed interest in that property and you need to make sure that it's correctly insured for the correct amount. Remember, the value of your property is irrelevant, What the, the market value. It's what the replacement value is. Fire insurance is not a high premium. All right. Uh, Babit Singh in the Northern Cape, good morning. Hello, Babit Singh. All right. Brian, I think it's Babi for the say? second time I'm asking you this question yeah. because, and and you have never answered me very well. Oh. That's why I'm putting it back again. Okay. You know when you when you you save on a uh, retirement annuity is that after you have retired you just want to have a safe passage in terms of when you are when you can't work anymore. But I found it really strange with momentum that people can take out private uh, in, uh, retirement and put in their life savings in there. When they are on retirement, I've seen a lot of guys here in my in my area where they have take out take out their monies from where they were working and invested them into momentum, only to be told after five, six, seven years eight years that their money is finished and they give them what is left and then and that pension does not even grow every year i mean the government pension grows with three percent uh last year or this year but why is momentum not growing and and it's a concern for me because now government uh has moved over to 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 momentum and a lot of uh uh, mining companies have moved over to momentum. What is going on that the government is not correcting this thing? Because people are losing their money. You can't uh, invest into a retirement annuity only to find out that your money is not growing. Okay, let me answer that question. It doesn't matter whether it's momentum, liberty. They're all governed by the Pensions Act. When you retire, you have a choice. You can either buy a fixed pension at your particular, given at that age when you retire, and you can shop the market, it doesn't have to stay with momentum, 
or you buy a living annuity. And the difference is a fixed pension is they guarantee to give you a pension for the rest of your life. You can take a joint annuity with a husband and wife. You can take any type of annuity, but they will pay you for the rest of your life. And depending on your age will determine what they prepare to pay because it's a question of longevity. When you buy a living annuity, they don't give you any guarantees whatsoever. You make the call. Number one, how are these funds going to be invested? And number two, what am I going to withdraw? And so many people are drawing more on their living annuities than the fund is earning. The funds earn an average of somewhere, although in different years it has been different uh, because of the performance. But funds today a living annuity should be earning at least around about 9%. So if someone is drawing 15%, because under a living annuity, you get a choice of as little as 2.5 and as much as 17.5. So if you draw 17.5 a year and the fund's only achieving 9%, you're going to be eating into your capital every year by 8% plus the cost of the administration and if there's a broker. So that's why the funds are going to deplete. And when the funds deplete below a certain amount, they'll pay you out. So under a fixed annuity, whether it be Momentum or any other company, they will give you a fixed pension for the rest of your life and you can have a minimum guaranteed period. So for example, you can say, I want a pension and I want it guaranteed for 10 years. That doesn't mean it ends at 10 years, but if you died after two years, it, they would pay it to your benefit, nominated beneficiaries for the remaining eight years. But if you live for 20 years, they will pay you for 20 years. The only danger with that type of annuity is you're not hedging against inflation. So the money you get today is the money you'll get in 10 years' time unless you take an inflation a fighter in that. And then if you take that inflation increase, then it will start off low. So there are lots of combinations. But I'm, I have answered this question previously in my retirement sections. So I'm saying either a fixed annuity, a hybrid between that and a living annuity. I hope that helps you. Brian, I'm talking here because I took out a retirement annuity. And it's not even... Uh, uh, growing, you understand. I used to pay uh, every year interest on 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 the retirement annuity, but it's fixed and it's going down. Why? Well, well, Why? The, sorry. Have you now matured the retirement annuity, or are you still contributing? No, I've I've matured. I should be maturing in in in, in any time. Okay, so it's still going. So what has happened yeah. is you've been putting money in every month or year. Every month. Yes. And what has month. happened is, how I don't know how your retirement funds are invested, but if you're invested in pedestrian funds and the funds haven't done well, then the value of it, it all depends. You know, you buy a retirement annuity, and I've always used that expression, you buy a room, now you've got to decide how you invest those funds. And how long have you had a retirement annuity for? Come again. How long have you had a retirement annuity for? I think it should be it, it, I should be heading to something like 17, 18. Well, you yeah. should have done well. Mm -hmm. And someone's got to do the calculation. Because remember, the money you put in today is only there for the next period. But the money you put in 17 years ago, that contribution is, should have been there for 17 years. I would be surprised if you d haven't had an 8 to 9%, 9.5% return over 17 years. And okay, you, the, uh, next, the next question is, you know that America is always on, uh, owing something like that, $31.4 trillion. Yeah. What is going to happen if they can't, if, 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 if they can't pay 
their accounts. Because if, I, now, if I don't raise the debt ceiling. Everyone is dumping the dollar. I mean, even, even American allies, they are dumping the dollar. Now, what is going to happen with the countries that are so dependent in the dollar? Because you must bear in mind that we are the ones with our currencies are supporting the dollar because there is nothing that the dollar is is banking on. I went to the internet okay. and checked. Babi saying we're going to have to pause it there because we're now edging into news time. Brian, I'm going to ask you very quickly, just respond to him. Well, very simply, the American dollar is not weakening. Mm-hmm. You talk about Iran in 1985, it means the American dollar is strengthening. 77% of world trade is done in dollars. But we'll have to, we, I'm giving my number out. You can call me off air, 011-880-4888. Please leave your message with your question, and most important, where are you phoning from? All Thanks. right. Brian, we're also going to forward this to you. Uh, one of our listeners asking us about QZ Asset Management, if you can look into that for us. That's where we leave it. Always a pleasure, Brian. Enjoy the rest of your week. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch. It's 11 o'clock. Time for the latest news.